I'm back. Anything? I miss anything good? Randy? Randall? Randall? Hello? Randy? Maybe he doesn't hear us. Hey, Randall. I feel like I hear him, I like, hear him clicking, clicking around. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he's ignoring us. Hello, Randall. Yo. Hey, what's Yo. going on, man? I don't know what uh what happened there for a second. I don't sec, either. But yeah, it said like it, just, spe- it said like uh, mic muted. Huh. Uh, and then, I'm, I, I don't huh. Know. Yeah, I don't know. It seemed like, like it seemed like we could hear you clicking on stuff, yeah. but yeah. It, yeah, all of a sudden it was just like I couldn't hear you talking anymore. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I couldn't hear you guys on your side, so then I started just looking at Sonic Mania videos. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to Pursuing Pixels. This is episode four, and my name's Kevin Portelli. I'm also here with uh, my co-host, Randall Nolary. Howdy, howdy. And DJ Mandolini. Hello. How's everybody doing? I'm doing spectacular. How are you guys doing? Not bad. Doing wonderful. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. So, uh, so yeah, last week, uh, we're going to get right to it, talk about some more video games. Uh, last week, we said we were going to dive into some Psycho shooters, which is, uh, uh, I don't know, Randy, you probably know a little more about this. I honestly haven't dug too much into their history. Yeah. You seem to have more of like a knack. Not, not, not that I expect you to know their, their whole story, but. Uh, do you know a little bit more about their their background and where they're coming from? These are like bullet hell. Yes. More traditionally vertically scrolling shooters. There's a couple horizontal ones or at least one that I have and uh, a couple couple different ideas. But for the most part, that's what we're looking at. But uh, yeah, they're, they're mainly known for their vertical shmups, their vertical shoot em ups more, like you said, in a bullet hell style. Uh, they're around from about 92 to 2005. They released a lot of their uh, Psycho shooters, as they're referred to, uh, on Saturn, PlayStation, and then some on Dreamcast as well. Uh, and yeah, they've just kind of got a reputation for this this sub-genre style of shmup that they've created. Uh, a lot of their their shooters are similar, but in a good way. They've they kind of found a format that worked for them, and it's this just satisfying vertical scrolling shmup uh a common theme is being able to select from different ships uh or characters that might have some different properties um but then otherwise like a lot of the items you select will look the same in different games uh a lot of the graphical style will be very similar from game to game uh yeah it's almost like a theme swap you yeah know? i mean the, the gameplay is you know when you're talking bullet hell shooters especially on these vertical ones like you know, some of the more popular ones to mention a few names, uh, Strikers 1945 2, yep. uh, Gunbird 2, and yep. obviously the originals of, of both of those series. Yep. Um, and uh, maybe Gunner. a little less. Yeah, Zero Gunner 2, Zero yep. Gunner, uh, Dragon Blaze, maybe a little lesser known on those latter titles. But but Strikers 1945, you can pretty consistently, you know, if you even go to like any of these contemporary bar arcades, um, I, I pretty consistently see that around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not everywhere, but I, I've definitely seen it and played it in an arcade. That's cool. Um, and and I think most of these games have that background. I know Gunbird Two is maybe a Dreamcast game. Um, and uh, I know you played a little Soul Divide. Yeah, um, Randall, and I know that's uh that was a Saturn game, correct? And I want to say that one fetches a pretty penny. 
I believe if, uh, so. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that that actually came out on a few different platforms as well. I think they even released it on PlayStation Two down the line, which is kind of unusual. Um, but yeah, it came out in '97, so it's kind of smack dab in between those couple different generations. So I I think that game is really interesting. I could roll into that now. Talk about the the weirdness of Soul Divide. Yeah, yeah. Why don't uh real real quick? So one of the ways that like some of the more traditional games in their catalog work, like Dragon Blaze or Gunbird and whatnot, you're basically you have a you have your regular shot that's either you have an auto shot that you can kind of hold down, and there's typically a secondary shot. You're like kind of charging a meter as you kill enemies um, right. that can get uh, build levels, and you can kind of un- the longer you wait and the longer you can survive without dying, you can then unleash a more powerful attack, and then you have your bombs. And uh, and like Randy said, you have uh, different characters with different abilities, slightly different, you know, relatively similar. But but uh, yeah, what's so how does uh, Soul Divide work? And uh, other than the fact that I believe it is a horizontal scroller, right? It is. So it's a horizontal scroller. And it, it the first thing that sticks out to you when you launch this game is the digitized sprites, which were all the rage during that time period when it came out uh, again, 97, which was a pretty prolific year for for Psycho. Uh, um, but and when you say digitized sprites, I'm not sure. I've seen a couple screenshots, but yeah. it's been a little while. Like, are you talking like Mortal Kombat yep. kind of style? Think okay. Mortal Kombat. Think Donkey Kong Country. It's totally in that vein of that, just like computer generated sprite style that was very popular in the like late late mid 90s if that makes sense <laughs> that kind of time yeah it's period. like a, it almost looks like just like a super compressed gif or something <laughs> they exactly. look really shitty Which, you know like really like yeah <laughs> at the time when you're a kid you're just your mind's blown oh it's donkey like, kong <laughs> country blew my mind i didn't know, like when i actually got donkey kong country i couldn't believe that it was actually a real game like i had seen pictures of it yep and i was really psyched and hyped for it but like i i still it didn't feel real until I actually popped it in and played it myself. And it was like, holy shit, this game looks incredible. Totally. So, Still impressive yeah, was, that, was, that those games run on Super Nintendo, honestly. Yeah, on that hardware did. for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but anyways, not similar. Yeah. Well, yeah, if it's an excuse to talk about Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> but, uh, you know me. You know me too well. <laughs> um, but that that's the first thing that sticks out to you is that digitized sprite style of Soul Divide. But what's... What's even crazier once you get into the game is it's not just a shmup. It's it's actually kind of a beat em up too. Okay. Uh really, really different, really like unique combination of different genres where it's kind of part shoot 'em up, part shooter, part beat 'em up. And then there's even a little bit of light, uh, I wouldn't say RPG, but kind of story based uh thing going on where there's a there's you know, these little story sequences that take part uh, before you start fighting. Uh, you'll you'll play through a level, and at the end of the level, you'll actually select between a couple different uh, stages of where to go next with, with a little bit of script as far as, if you go here, you can get reinforcements or ask for reinforcements, or you go here and you save this town. So it gives ah, interesting. you... Yeah. yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Uh, which, you know, I... I Really, the only game that comes to mind offhand thinking about that from that same time period would be something like Guardian Heroes gave you opportunities to do stuff like that. So, and, and that's another beat em up, right? Yeah, like a Saturn beat em up. Yep. I've, I've never played that game myself, but yep, Saturn beat em up. Uh, so and probably came out right around the exact same time, honestly. Uh, but I thought that was super unique about Soul Divide, and 
even though I wasn't super psyched about the graphics, it kind of kept me playing that just, you know, what a weird hybrid where it's like a beat em up that you're, you're flying around in where the enemies you're facing are kind of bullet sponges. They're not going to go down in one or two hits. You're going to have to lay into them, but they'll try to fly up on you. And then you want to use your melee attack. So you've got a standard kind of shoot attack, which you can't really hold down most of the time you kind of have to tap on that sucker uh okay. <laughs> but otherwise if I they come like up the, close i, I kind of like that to be honest like i like yeah. the satisfying <laughs> feeling of like i mean and and it doesn't keep me playing for like hours on end just like beat bashing my head against the wall and they, these games are hard obviously oh yes um i i can't speak for soul divide myself but no it's hard they're, to. they're bullet hell for a reason <laughs> i mean I, you know even even setting they have multiple difficulty settings on all these games and yep most of them even on normal easy even very easy i mean i'm i'm kind of setting it on the standard uh you can you can change it to as many continues as you want change the controls they have a, these games have a ton of settings that you can uh tweak yeah, I guess um, we should say we've been playing scrolling. them on we've been playing them on Switch too, which I, I don't know if the settings are in all of the versions, but the Switch versions that we got have all these different cool settings you can tweak as you're getting yeah, and, going. Yeah, and any of the vertical scrolling games will allow you to uh, use the Tate mode, which Absolutely. will you know allow you to turn your Switch sideways and and play the game, uh, you know, with the UI kind of compressed into that vertical um, orientation. Yes, which I did get to do with the flip grip, and that was fun on some other games. That doesn't work for Soul Divide, but it did work for Strikers 1945-2 and some of the other games I tried out, which yeah. is very cool. So what you've you played some Strikers 1945-2 as well, because that's probably, I would say that and Gunbird 2 are like their more popular, probably their two most popular titles, or, or mo- most <clears throat> recognizable maybe is, is the better way to put that. Yeah, and, and going in, I like I, I'm not the biggest just war aesthetic fan uh those those type of games don't immediately pull me in like say the fantasy aesthetic that that uh psycho does use for a lot of their other games including yeah, Soul Divide. Or, or like dragon blades yep. or or even a little bit of uh ten gay which we didn't mention uh yep. or ten guy i'm not sure how you pronounce that but um it's got, that's another horizontally scrolling one that uh actually also had some options like we got to one level dj and i were playing a little bit earlier and had a level where it was like, do you want to barge in through the front door? Or do you want to like sneak in through the back way? Which I, I believe was just a level choice. I don't think it had the ramifications like you were talking about in Soul Divide, where it's like, go this way and free the town or go right. this way and get an upgrade or still whatever cool, it was. But yeah, it's still like an idea to keep the game fresh. And another thing that they do that's really cool is like the first four levels of, of these games are typically randomized. I don't yeah. know if it's the same in Soul Divide, but uh and they will scale in difficulty so like if you whatever order you get them in the first level is going to be the easiest the second level you know it just builds on top of that right but uh but it doesn't have that stale of like okay i I have this first level memorized right it it keeps it feeling kind of fresh and it keeps you on your toes a little bit despite being you know these games are repetitive and if you're not someone who likes chasing high scores or that kind of stuff which unfortunately there's no online leaderboards in any of these games Right. Uh, but it does have local leaderboards and stuff. But if you're if you're not somebody that enjoys, you know, just the challenge for challenge sake, they, these games might not be for you. But they're old school shmups. And that's yeah, you kind of know what you're getting into uh, with that. And, and that's why I enjoy them. I'm, I'm certainly a sucker for these type of games. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Strikers 1945 too is it's good. 
Like it sucked me in despite its aesthetic style. So I was like happy to play that. It's got six different ships to choose from. They all kind of feel different. They've got fun names like flying pancake and mosquito. <laughs> so that's always a, that was, a bonus. Those were DJ's first two choices, oh, yeah. I think, or maybe I was the mosquito, <laughs> but you definitely went for that pancake yeah. <laughs> first and foremost, which is a, my, probably my favorite ship in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I like both of those, both of those ships quite a bit. Um, I but yeah, right I found away, myself playing a that one a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Um, DJ, I'm curious to hear what you think in regards. So DJ and I kind of just I, I own actually a lot of these games. I went on a kick like every couple of years I go get in like a mood where I just like love bullet hell shooters all of a sudden. And like oh, yeah. they, they just were like kind of cranking out these psycho games uh, one after another. You know, every month or two, they were putting out two or three games and they're only eight bucks uh, yeah. standard price on the eShop. Um and I just like, again, like they really are a lot of times just like a theme swap, like Strikers 1945 2 compared to Gunbird 2 is really just like, again, you have more of like a steampunk yep. fantasy kind of vibe in Gunbird where you have like that World War II kind of vibe in Strikers 1945 2. A little, little bit of fantastical elements in there, but a nothing little bit. crazy. Yeah. And then Dragon Blaze is just like full blown Lord of the Rings fantasy, which oh, uh, also has cool some cool game. mechanics of like hopping off of you know you're riding a dragon and you can hop off and control just your character while your dragon is almost like you know almost like a melee attack and on top of that can stay stationary and and attack enemies on the right side of the screen while you move around as your uh human-esque character i guess human whatever kind of elf whatever kind of character you are yeah um you know you can move around independently so especially when you're playing one player you can really kind of mow down enemies on both sides of the screen, which is really what a lot of these games are about, like keeping keeping the enemies at bay yep. and killing them before they can, you know, unleash the wave of bullets on yep. you. Keep the hell of bullets off of you as much as possible. Yeah, but uh, but I I kind of got sidetracked there. But I'm curious what DJ thinks. We kind of I, I bought a bunch of these games, like I said, and uh, I just kind of we plowed through a bunch of them earlier. We played a little bit of a zero gun or two minus, which I believe the minus is they just added in because there was some kind of. There's something different from the original. They just couldn't fully get the exact code or something. That I read changed. into that. Yeah, it's because they had to rebuild the game practically from scratch. Interesting. Yeah, that's really interesting because that's definitely one of their more unique titles. That's not either vertically or horizontally scrolling. You uh, and it's not a twin stick shooter either. But you uh, as you're as you're moving around, the, the enemies can come in from any direction and you can kind of hold down a, a button on the controller, which you can customize. I have it set to X. And uh, you hold that down and it sets like a pivot point that you then can oh, rotate around. OK. And it, it definitely gets interesting. It, it has like a slightly more strategic layer because you got to like wonder, OK, this boss is coming up from the bottom left of the screen. But like, are they going to charge forward with an attack or am I going to have to dodge some bullets here? Um, uh, and, and a totally different aesthetic, too. You know, it's like really like I don't know if it came out on the Dreamcast, but it definitely it has that like 3D Dreamcast kind of vibe. Came out in the Dreamcast in Japan. <laughs> all right, all right. So not it, not in the not in North America. No, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't think I've seen that, but anyways, I keep getting sidetracked. But DJ, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's uh, all now about that, me. <laughs> now that we bounced through, like DJ and I played it just a, just a few runs of uh, Strikers 1945, Dragon Blaze, uh, Zero Gunner Two. Uh, Gunbird 2 and Tenge, right? Do we play any other ones? That sounds right. Yeah. I, I might be missing one, but basically all the ones that I own. Right. I mean, so I'm I'm pretty unfamiliar with shmups in general. I'd okay. say the only ones I've played um, 
you know, a lot of our Skyforce and Stairden, which I love in particular. St- Stairden, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, fuck Skyforce. <laughs> no, no, I like that game. Um, so I definitely felt a little uh, a little pressure when you were showing me the game, especially since we were doing co-op and it was just like, oh man, I want uh, to as long as Kevin. <laughs> yeah, I would talk about pressure on my end. I'm like, this is DJ's first time playing and he's outliving me every time. The no. Silver Surfer champion himself. Uh, right. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I definitely enjoy games with a challenge so like these obviously have that and yeah. so that was appealing um i do think maybe based on my more experience with Stairden, i preferred 10 guy based on it being horizontally scrolling rather than the vertical okay. interesting um, although i would say in terms of like game mechanics i think i had the most fun with uh dragon blaze i agree yeah. i love that game it's really good um Especially because I think I was telling you when we were playing that, like, a lot of times when I when I'm dodging in those bullet hells, like, you know, I just stop shooting because I just need to be able to focus and not add more chaos to (laughs) what's around me. And so with Dragon Blaze, at least, like, you can set up kind of like a turret, essentially, with your dragon so that even if you stop shooting, you have some kind of attack still going. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Although, I, I think was... you do have to hold down the fire button don't for the dragon to keep shooting. invalidate the thing I just said. <laughs> but I know what you mean, yeah, when the, when the screen's just filled with projectiles, it's like anything I can do to be able to see these projectiles better, which I will say is a small gripe I have with some of these games. Uh, I do find that, like, just the art, uh, even though I do like it, it's like the, the bullets, like, Unlike Stairden, where and, and a lot of bullet, you know, Ikaruga, a lot of these bullet hell games like have these bright neon right. bullets that are just clear as day and sta- like kind of all, almost stick out like a sore thumb over the artwork of the game. Right. But it's almost a necessity, at least to me. And, and some of these like have these, uh, the, you know, the explosions and stuff just kind of can tend to cover up some of the things that you need to see, especially in Zero Gunner uh, 2. And, uh, a little bit in Dragon Blaze, a little bit in Gunbird, but but I've noticed it the most playing Zero Gunner. Interesting. But even more so, like, you know, I wouldn't be confident uh, when I was, tr- like, looking at us, knowing which one I was. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas, like, in, while we were playing Staredon, we saw, like, oh, there's a blue outline for and first player. And a red player. outline for player two. Yeah. yeah, it's, like, a little more... The interface is just a little more cleaned up. Yeah, we were like we were like switching colors all the time, like in different runs in those. Yeah, psycho picking games. different ships and so different, it's just like yeah. what color did I pick this time? And yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And Staridan makes use of like the full real estate of a widescreen, you know, aspect ratio where these games are obviously, you know, so if you're playing it on a widescreen TV. Uh, and not in Tate mode or whatever. I mean, you're you're really cropping out right. <laughs> a good chunk of the screen here. Oh yeah, uh, which is not, it's not detrimental or anything like that, but it's just you know it's it's definitely not making use of the amount of real estate you have. Uh, but yeah, do, um, I don't really have too much more to say about any of these games other than I really do enjoy them. Uh, I definitely recommend. Uh, I mean, at eight bucks, that's a pretty fair price to oh, me yeah. for most of these games. Uh, like I said, I, I scooped so them up too. all, like kind of just periodically. Like, yeah, you know, like a, a fantasy dragon riding version of one of these games sounds pretty fun, and I just would, you know, just pick them up one after another, you know, every month or two. 
Um, but especially if they ever go on sale, which I don't know if I've seen them, but but definitely worth picking up, if, especially if you're into these bullet hell um, kind of games here. Um, yeah, if you've played anything along these lines, I don't know. I'm just rambling here. <laughs> no, I think <laughs> but, I'd agree with that sentiment. I, th- I think they're really good. And I, yeah, for eight bucks on Switch for the pickup and play nature of them, I think they're totally worth it, especially most of the ones we've highlighted here. I'd, I'd say I'd recommend uh, Strike Yours 1945 too. Uh, and I would recommend Soul Divide as well, just for how unique and strange it is. Uh, you're just not going to play a lot of things like it. That's and, interesting because look at, looking at. <laughs> yeah, I, Dragon Blaze for sure. Yeah, yeah. and because looking at Soul Divide, that's one of the ones that I it piqued my interest because I knew it was a, a game that was rare and or sought out or you know sought after. Right. Um. But I just I just yeah that digitized art style and it, it just looked kind of slow paced. Like what 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 kind of hitbox do you have? Because your well, characters are, are yeah. huge. You do have a sizable hitbox. Okay, um. so it's not like it's not like one of those games where you have like a you know a heart icon that's like this is clearly the only spot that you take damage. No, or something but, like that. But it's you like do, your whole character. It does make up the difference. It knows you're going to take some hits, so you do have a life bar. You're not okay. It's not know, an insta kill. No. Okay. And and as you defeat enemies, you're picking up uh, life potions pretty frequently, and the ability to uh, increase the maximum amount of your life bar uh, as you're kind of going along. So uh, it's it's a little bit more forgiving that way, knowing the some of the gameplay conceits of of yeah the size of your character and it's not nearly as bullet hell e as the vertical yeah. psycho shooters okay is it is it a longer game like is it because most of these games are like seven or eight levels it seems like do you have any kind of sense of how many levels there are or i don't know i always end up getting killed like <laughs> <laughs> yeah my runs i don't think have ever gone longer than 15 minutes seemingly uh, and I'm yeah just i mean yeah these games like we said are are beyond tough yeah so so um, I think I've only ever made it like four or five levels into it. Okay. Uh, but it doesn't seem like, I think I was on, on one of the last levels. It didn't seem like it was any longer than any other Psycho shooters necessarily, which is pretty short on average. Yeah. But that's fine. Yeah. You could probably burn through them in, you know, 20, 30 minutes, probably, yep. the, you know, barring how many continues you set and whatnot. Right. But for me, the, the challenge is like, I like the idea of like the stock settings, I think give you two continues. So you get like three full sets of lives. Yep. And my goal is just to kind of like chip away at them until I can, I, I probably never will beat any of these games, but like, it's fun to just pretend or dream. Yes. <laughs> like hey, if I just keep playing, if I keep chipping away, maybe I'll beat this one day. And I just set it on either the normal, some of the games have arcade difficulty. So if that's an option, obviously I just choose that. And, uh, yeah, I just that's to me the way that I enjoy playing them. But you can, like I said, crank up the continues to infinite and just pick. I just want to see the whole game, you know, because sometimes it's just cool to see all the oh yeah the graphical details and the, the art and whatnot. Definitely. And um, yeah, if the vertical ones, I, I definitely recommend the flip grip. If you have the twelve dollars to spend and they're still selling them, I think it's one of the best uses of flip grip on the switch is these vertical psycho shooters. OK, sweet. Um, well, I guess we can move on from there. Do you, and uh, actually, before we move on, Let's I had go. one one small quick thing to uh, in case we haven't sold you on Strikers 1945-2 ourselves here. I just wanted to take a minute to read the description uh, off of the Nintendo eShop. I don't know if you guys, if <laughs> oh, you've read that, Randy. No, it's going to be good. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I read it last night uh, and I got got a pretty good kick out of it. Oh, boy. Um, so. 
Psycho is coming back now. Strikers 1945-2 for Nintendo Switch. The sequel to Strikers 1945 is <laughs> now on sale for Nintendo Switch. If you went to a video cart... Uh, oh, Jesus, I can't even talk. <laughs> if you went to a video arcade, you might know a certain name. The name is Psycho. The Psycho made an awful disaster that called Psycho Bullets. Oh, boy. Many players felt an indignation about speedy bullets from enemies, <laughs> and they cried at the end. However, they were attracted to the magical power of Psycho Bullets before they know. <laughs> Psycho's games were named Psycho Shooting by big fans, and Psycho okay. Shooting is divided as different game genre or not. <laughs> Strikers, <laughs> Strikers 1945-2. This is also, or yeah, this is also one of the famous works of Psycho shooting. Psycho <laughs> is the best choice when you really want to enjoy shooting game. The best. The, <laughs> the player, the player who wants to play shooting game from the bottom of heart, <laughs> please do play Strikers 1945 too. In all wow. caps, they're <laughs> so, hard there at the end. So if you were on the fence, if you didn't know you loved bullet hell games yet, <laughs> I think you love them now. Wow. <laughs> But it's just, it, there's so many of these games on the eShop that just are clearly a just slap it in Google Translate. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just throw it on the eShop. Who yeah. gives a fuck? That's what they we didn't deserve. need English Translator for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I guess that just goes to prove the point that uh, these games speak for themselves. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? But moving on real quick, I know That's DJ great. touched on... Uh, Touched on Steradin real quick, and one of the nice things about most of these uh, Psycho games is that they offer a two-player co-op. They do. And uh, one thing that Steradin also offers is two-player co-op, although it does shake things uh, up a little bit by uh, you share a health bar um, and any of the upgrades you... Uh, this is a roguelike game, uh, so every time you def- or, uh, finish a level, defeat a boss, you get to pick from like a, what is it, five or six different upgrades yeah, they apply that, to are, both you. that apply to both uh, players, so kind of you know not not risk reward but i i don't, I don't know how you i know i use it way too much <laughs> it's a good term. but what what would what how would you describe like what well I, i'm curious what gets you sucked into a game like stare it in whereas these other games you you were saying like man may i enjoy playing them but they're not something i'm compelled to buy you know number one thing i would say is probably the soundtrack yeah, like, Steradin's nice. got that just I like heavy metal, metal, yeah, like cheesy heavy metal chugging guitars. Like, you can just feel like a badass when you're playing. Terrible yeah. shit. Yeah, <laughs> I would never listen to it outside of the context of the game, but I enjoy it well playing. Like it gets me amped up to play the game. Yeah, so. makes sense. And you know, plus, yeah, it is a roguelike, so you know, no run is going to be the same. Like I know there's variety with the Psycho games. Yeah, because you know could be you're doing this level first instead of this level but it's a little bit more fabricated yeah uh, variety than it is just like straight up every time this is different yeah. you know yeah i mean you'd even really get cool. not always the same bosses in uh stared in yeah that's awesome yeah. um yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean i i guess uh, yeah i mean it does have some nice like modern quality of life improvements and again it like i mentioned before it takes yeah. like full advantage of like the the full widescreen you know aspect ratio uh the pixel art's real nice and detailed it's it's a little bit i'm a little bit everything let, pops out a little more in those the bullets like we mentioned too yeah, yeah. I, i'm a little bit i would say like one of the things that the psycho games stand out as being better at even though they're the the 
graphics and whatnot are a little more dated. Um, they're a little more original or more detailed or more creative. Like the stared right. in enemies are like really they they all look the same. They don't really look different. Like, I mean, you can tell, oh, this is the one that shoots out the lasers or this is the one that shoots out this. But it's re- they're really not too inventive with their artistic choices that's true i think it's when you get into the multiple loops and you're dealing with so many of those at once where it you know it kind of matters more but um i will say what i think serden does well is the fact that um there are so many different kinds of weapons you can acquire whereas yeah, as opposed to just powering games, up yeah you just power character. up the same weapon yeah that is cool yeah that's a good Better point variety. yeah actually having a lot of different weapons to choose from and kind of in turn different strategies to choose from and i guess you have that a little bit in picking different characters in some of these other games but and at least not to uh, the depth well at least with stared and they they tell you what the differences are between the ships before you start the run yo yeah that is a g- small gripe although obviously you can just look it up if you need to to know but yeah they'll like each of the different ships i you don't can like pick. to read find out on the fly man <laughs> Start shooting that ship. See what happens. (laughs) No, but it is nice how they have like a, you know, they, all the different ships in Sterdan do feel pretty significantly different. That's cool. Um, which is something that maybe I wouldn't quite say for the Psycho games that I've put any significant time into. They feel different enough, but definitely not to the point of like, oh, I beat it with this character. I'm definitely going to want to experience the game with this character. We're like, stared in later in the game when you get far enough you unlock a character that almost turns the game to me into like a tower defense game not exactly but but you're exclusively getting bot weapons which are almost like mini turrets i guess that you fire off that you when you're playing as this ship you can use those as a shield that if you're within like a certain radius of them you they don't take any damage so you can kind of like hunker down behind them and like place them perfectly to you know it, it just it changes up the way you play the game entirely that's cool um which is obviously something that some of these arcade you know older arcade games don't offer but but yeah stared in just i know we've mentioned it on a few previous podcasts and i just wanted to touch on it real quick uh because i know it's a game that dj and i have put a good amount of time into dj's beaten it i of course have not <laughs> um but uh but you i know give I, up on games kevin <laughs> not even give up per se but i'm just like Okay, I'm like beating my head against the wall at this point. Like I can, I can commit to beating it, but I'd rather just move on to something that's fun, as opposed to like something that's just pulling my hair out. Well, no, it's a fun (laughs) game, but like not, not after I've played you know fifteen, twenty five hours of just losing. Fair enough. Um, but but no, it's it is really fun and definitely recommended if you're into the Psycho games or if you're into any of these other bullet hell shooters, Ikaruga. Anything of the like. Uh, You're uh, into metal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was stared in, uh, stared in Binary Stars in particular is That's the name right. of like the patched version with a bunch of new enemy types or new upgrades, weapons, and all that stuff. But they definitely worth checking out. Daily runs, too. Yeah, yeah, daily is run. It daily? And, yeah. Wow. Yeah, they have the, yeah, the, it's, I mean, you know, it's just a decided, randomly generated seed for that day that everybody can play, but, you know, leaderboards and all that stuff, which is, Nice, and something that, unfortunately, the Psycho games on the Switch, uh, I don't know if they are on other platforms, but if they if they are, I can't speak for them, but uh, it's a little bit lacking that they don't have, you know, online leaderboards for these yeah. games, which is a little bit of a bummer. I think we already mentioned that, but... um, Well, uh, Randall, why don't you uh, talk a little bit about some stuff that you've been playing since we've been uh, gushing a little bit about Stared, unless you had anything else to add, DJ? 
Got nothing. Go on and gush. I'm going to gush. <laughs> I will. That's that's what I'm going to do. Because well, we were the ones gushing. No, we time ones gushing. for Randall to gush. <laughs> we break out the gushers because it's time to get into <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I'm going to talk that's some Hydro Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Hydro Thunder Hurricane, which was an Xbox 360 game. Um, I purchased it because on Xbox One, uh, they just had a huge backwards compatibility sale where I picked up a bunch of different stuff. Um, but Hydro Thunder Hurricane, yeah, Hydro Thunder Hurricane, <laughs> kind of grabbed my attention because I'm like, hey, you know what? I kind of had a lot of fun with those old arcade style racers, you know, back in the day. Um, you know, I played a lot of Cruise in USA at my Nintendo 64, and you know, played yeah. a lot of those type of games in the arcade too. Um, still don't own Hydro Thunder yet on Dreamcast, which is unfortunate. I'm gonna have to fix that after this because I played a <laughs> lot that, of this is game. That where this- yeah, sorry to interrupt, but is that is that where the series originated off of the Dreamcast, or was it an arcade game originally? Started or? as an arcade, ported to Dreamcast. Uh, definitely okay. had a big following on Dreamcast as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was, it's kind of it was during that heyday of the arcade racer. Um, so you know, I'm I'm kind of a sucker for again, it's it's more pick up and play experiences, uh, kind of bite sized, frenetic pace. Uh, but I just like the feel of this game. They just nailed the sense of speed. Um, the graphics aren't like amazing. It's a 360 game, but it holds up well enough, especially on, on Xbox one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you get different, different racers, uh, different boats kind of have different attributes, uh, where it kind of changes up the feel where this one's got a best top speed versus, you know, immediate acceleration. Um, once you're in a level, which I believe there's eight courses, which isn't a ton, but there's yeah. a lot of alternate routes and kind of secret pathways and things like that, that you see in like a, a Mario Kart track or something like that. Similar idea. Um, but besides just, you know, your regular gas and brake, they have these turbo boosts throughout the levels that you're trying to kind of pick up. So that you go into your turbo boost mode where your your uh, your boat kind of opens up into this turbo, like opens up its wings, kind of like a Star Wars like X-Wing thing. It goes into turbo mode once you get that turbo boost. And then you're kind of wanting to feather your turbo boost so you can kind of chain together getting turbos as you're going down the, you know, down this lake or whatever the the raceway is uh against i think it's 16 other racers i didn't play online because it wasn't working for me uh but they've got kind of a tournament mode uh where you're you're trying to shoot for number one uh overall in in these races uh but yeah just like you just get into it where like I, i i find myself like where i'm stopping breathing just because i'm so it's getting so intense with the speed that i'm going and trying to make sure I nick that turbo over there in the, the corner so I can keep my chain of turbo going uh, and yeah. keep my speed up uh, where it's like, Oh man, these games are fun. Like it's sad that there aren't more arcade racers anymore, but you know, I really found myself enjoying it and I, I do think I'm going to go back and continue to play it. Yeah. That's like a, that's a rare feeling of like, I don't know. There, it, there's not that many racing games that really capture that sense of speed. No, truly. You, you know what I mean? Like, so to, yeah, to actually feel like you're on the edge of your seat and, <laughs> and holding your breath. Yeah. As you, you know, either go for like an extra turbo boost or make like a super sharp corner yep. or whatever. Yeah, that's that's 
I don't know, of a valued experience. I, I'm not a super huge fan of racing games, but I definitely, when I find a good one, I can get sucked into it big time. So, and that's my thing too. Like I'm not a big, I'm not a traditional racer guy. Like I really don't put any time into any of the, the Forzas or Gran Turismo's or any of that. But when it comes to arcade racers, uh, it just kind of like pulls me in. I'm like, Oh, this is sweet. And then there's kind of the old school get through all the rings in the course mode, or there's a bunch of like explosive barrels you have to look out for. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot going on in that game and it was like seven or eight bucks on sale. So totally worth it to me. Nice. Nice. And that was, uh, you said it was a 360 game. That's a backwards compatible on the Xbox one. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. I was able yeah, to I love, buy digitally. That's one of the few, not that there's a ton of games on any Xbox console that I'm particularly interested in, but I, but I do love that they support and, and, you know, go all the way back to the original Xbox yes. as far as backwards compatibility goes on the Xbox One. I know it's not every game, but I mean, just the fact that there's an effort made in any capacity, considering that I can't even play my PlayStation 3 games on right. my PlayStation 4, or I have to rebuy every Wii U game that I ever had yep. on my Switch. You know, it's <laughs> yep. a little bit, a little bit of a, you know, kudos to Microsoft for sure. Big time kudos um, to Microsoft. They put a ton of effort into the backwards compatibility. And that's honestly, it's the main reason why I own a Xbox one X is I just I, use it for the backwards compatibility in large part. I've considered getting one a few times, but I, I only have a handful of either. I, I don't even know if I still have them. I might've even gotten rid of them, but I had a handful of at some point in time of Xbox and uh, 360 games uh, just knowing that like, ah, I want to play these eventually. I know they're only available on these consoles and I picked them up like Panzer Dragoon or, oh, yeah. or, or back in the day, some of the original like mass effect stuff. Um, those games will work in out. your Xbox. If you bought and, yeah. an Xbox one, they would work. Yeah, but not worth it for me, at least at this particular juncture, there's just not enough exclusive stuff on, uh, on any of those platforms for me to be able to justify it. Unfortunately. Yeah. I can't argue too much with that. Yeah, but uh, but going on, uh, jumping off of your uh, uh, I can't even remember the name of the game. Hy- Hydro, Hydro Thunder, Thunder Hurricane. Hurricane. OK, yeah. Jumping off of that, uh, I've been playing a little bit of a uh, Horizon Chase Turbo. Nice. On the Nintendo Switch, which is another uh, more in the vein of uh, kind of you, you mentioned Cruising USA um, and maybe even a little more in the vein of games like Outrun, which I believe you mentioned last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, I think it was two um, on weeks the podcast, ago, uh, yeah. the Sega Ages game or the Sega arcade game. Yeah, but it's very similar, very reminiscent to that. And it's an, this is another game that really captures that sense of speed. Like DJ and I played a few races real quick, just so I was like, I'd like to have at least somebody else familiar with this game a tiny bit. I haven't played a ton. I've maybe put, you know, two hours in at the most. Uh you're crushing and it, it, man. And, and yeah, it's just like you you know, you just there's a bunch of tracks. I think they said there's over like a hundred tracks oh, in the geez. game. Wow. Um and it's all you know, it's got like a cleaned up, like almost like a Star Fox kind of art style to it, like on Super Nintendo, but really cleaned up. They even even in the description on the eShop it says something about it being like sixteen bit enhanced. Ah. It, it's way cleaner than that. I mean, it looks like a Unity engine game. Right. Um, with like, you know, cell shaded or or really clean like polygons, but it but it looks nice. Um, and it really captures that sense of speed of like, you, you know, it keeps, I don't know if Outrun does this, but you, it almost auto steers you a little bit. Like, uh, as you go around curves, you're going to, if you keep going straight, you're not just going to go way off the track. Okay. Um, it's going to like, if you're going around a hard right curve, you're definitely going to automatically turn to the right. It's more, you're, you're controlling what lane you're in. Um, and, and oh, going, weaving around the other cars. 
Um, and there are like as you make turns, there's like the you know the big if you're making a right turn on the left side of the track, there's like the big red arrows that are actually like you know signs telling you that there's a right turn coming up. And if you if you don't turn quickly enough, you can hit those and you kind of you know spin out or flip out a little bit. Um, but it's nothing like hugely detrimental. You get a few nitro boosts. You have to collect. Uh, unlike uh, Outrun, it doesn't have that aspect of like the timer that you're trying to outrun. Right. Um, but it does have like a slightly. It's not anywhere near as like you know pulse quickening as that feature, but it just has like you have to collect fuel tanks so you can run out of gas. And in the first you know couple of uh, circuits you play, it's not really a factor. But as I've been getting further, it's like you definitely have to at least collect a few of these gas cans to finish the race or else, you know, you're going to run out of gas. Okay. Um, and it has that cool, f- or at least I think it's a cool feature of like, as you run out of gas, it's not like a hard cut, like, Oh, you ran out of gas. You're it's over. You know, you, you get to kind of coast yeah. <laughs> and see if you can pick up a couple more gas tanks Very on the way. Arcade-y. So yep. yeah, it, it has that like a little bit of a little bit of that thrilling sense. And, uh, it does, it is, a. I believe it was originally a mobile game of some kind, and it, it's uh, I, I picked this up on sale. It's normally twenty bucks on the eShop at least, and uh, I don't know that I would be happy to have paid that much for it, but I'm I'm happy to have nabbed it on sale. Nice, but it it definitely has a little bit of that not free to play vibe per se, but it's definitely like you got to collect the coins on the tracks and collect like get high scores to then unlock more levels so it has a little bit of that Mm. gating that feels a little unnatural you know it's not just like coming the top three in this race to unlock the next uh thing or whatever it is sometimes but not always right um so there's some small issues in that regard but but yeah i'm I'm having a lot of fun playing this game and and definitely uh again not a wholehearted endorsement and i'm especially not if you're into racing games or especially if you're not into racing games right but uh but i'm definitely enjoying what i'm playing and, and getting a little bit of that fix and finding myself you know it's it's an engaging enough of an experience at that high speed you got to be on your toes but it's also you can totally shut your brain off you're not paying attention to any story or any anything that's going on really you can just kind of enjoy the kind of chill soundtrack and the. there's something to be said for that yeah what what are your thoughts dj after playing we played maybe you know 10 races or something like that maybe five not not even 10 yeah i mean again it's just i don't want to i don't want to fail in front of you kevin <laughs> um it's a theme no i mean i mean i've said this many times i love any game where i get to feel like i'm moving really fast so yeah this this game definitely gives me that sense and i don't know also because like uh it does kind of make it hard to like get off course you know you said it's got auto steering it kind of lets you continue to be fast keep that speed up like you don't you don't have to be perfect you don't have to have the you don't have to have the tracks memorized to like oh i know this hard right turns coming up like to make sure that you're not going to hit the wall or lose some speed like yeah you can pretty much keep the speed up yeah and and it feels fair you know it's not like you know mario kart you get a blue shell i mean like it I There's the nitro boosts and that's you it. You beat me fair and square. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Finally, I'm better than DJ at a game, but only because I've played it more. So, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I don't, I don't really have too much to say in all reality, but, but I, I have been enjoying this game. And definitely if you're somebody who likes a good arcade racer, I, I definitely give it an endorsement. It's cool that um, these games are available again. Hopefully it yeah. continues to be a thing. Yeah, I know we've talked a little bit about how like some of these roguelike games have like some of that arcade 
feel to them. Yeah. But again, with the Switch and, and any console for that matter, you know, they're pretty quick to you can just fire them up and get a game going within a minute. You Absolutely. Know? So you can really if you just have a few minutes to kill, you can really get something going, uh, something of some substance, you know, not that's not just like. I was going to say not just like Tetris, but that has some substance, too. So I, I, don't, oh, yeah. I don't have a good example off the top of my head, but. You know, you can definitely dig into something and, and possibly put suspend it and come back to it, you know, in the middle of a, a run or in the middle of a, a session. So totally love that switch. So one of the things that uh, I forgot to mention, too, well, real quickly uh, while talking about Horizon Chase Turbo is that it has uh, up to four players, unfortunately not online, but it does have like a multiplayer element to it, which, again, for these racing games is uh, a lot of fun and can add some longevity to a game oh, that's yeah. otherwise a little bit repetitive, you know, and in all honesty. Um, but can definitely, you know, uh, I don't know. It can, it can bring the game to a, a level beyond just like the time waster that oh, I'm going to play three races and kill 20 minutes. You know, it, it, it can elevate it to the next level of like, this is a really fun game. I like playing with my friends. So that's why people play Mario game. Kart, honestly, it's like, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Um, so, so jumping off of that, uh, DJ and I and our, and actually our buddy John, who hopefully will get on this podcast at some point in time. And I believe uh, Randall and uh, you've played this with Tina, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I played this with uh, my buddy Steve. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, nice. Uh, So you're playing online, I take it, or or in person, or in person on this. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Cool. So yeah, we we played a little Nidhog two the other day. It was on sale on the eShop, and uh, I saw that it had online play, which uh, I don't think the original version had. At least, oh, it did. Really? Okay, (laughs) I have have the original on the PlayStation Four. There was just never anyone online. Okay. (laughs) Okay, but uh, but yeah, I decided to uh, give this one a try. You know, I was, I was initially, I will say, a little bit put off by the art style. I yeah, same. I don't yeah. even necessarily not like it, but I but I just like that kind of like a original kind of Atari look to the yeah, first just a game. Clean, clean. Yeah, and it, ju- yeah. it just doesn't look too. Bi- it, the the new one just looks a little too busy and a yeah, little too yeah. like gross out. <laughs> you know, garbage pail kids. Yeah. <laughs> kind of vibe to it which uh but you know to be honest like once booting up the game and actually playing it and seeing it in action um it i will say it feels better it's it's less off-putting than uh than the initial impression was to me um from the trailers but it does feel a little a little bit sloppier or a little bit looser in like the movement mechanics um you know, not that I want it to feel exactly the same but but it, it does just feel something about it just feels a little bit different a little bit more I don't know. The physics just feel a little bit different, um, but it does have it adds a few new weapons into the mix. You know, I, I in the original, is it correct that you just have the kind of fencing yeah. sword? Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. So this game adds in a bow and arrow, which is the biggest, uh, biggest change to the mix. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can also set it to where you would spawn with no weapon at all or there's a dagger or a sort of like broadsword. Right. Um, that instead of allowing allowing you to set your you know the fencing sword what what are those called a lance or something like that I forget what a fencing sword is called but uh fencing but you can set it <laughs> it just feels so clumsy yeah. the fencing sword um, but you can set that to either be you know uh, defending at like uh you know the mid like your midsection or your like lower level or there's three tiers essentially of like defending you can define you, yeah defend high right. middle or low yeah exactly um three stances per se right and uh then this broadsword though only allows you to defend high or low you can't defend your uh midsection and then if you 
uh, attack while defending in the high position, you'll end up in the low position. And it has just little little tweaks like that. And I think with the dagger, you just can't defend. I think you do. It's just just less effective or something range, like that. Yeah. Um, and the bow and arrow, that's probably my least favorite. But again, when you're playing multiplayer, you can toggle on and off the things that you want to utilize or that, you know, you can have it just the original fencing sword. If, you know, if that's how you want to play, um, you can set up tournaments uh, between three and eight players uh, online or local, I think, or that's definitely cool. local. I guess I don't know that the tournaments are for sure available uh, online. That's a cool. But feature, I don't know. Though. Yeah, it just had, you know, we had a. I, we played it, like I said, me, DJ, and our buddy John, and uh, I certainly had a really good time. I, I don't see myself going back to it all the time, um, but the fact that it's easy enough to just fire it up on the Switch whenever people are over, and it's a pretty straightforward, like, it's one of those games that you have to have a little bit of gaming background to get it, yeah. but if, you, if you've if you played video games in your life, especially any kind of 2D side-scrolling video game, it should be pretty quick. You know, it, it takes two or three rounds and you're, you know, you're probably about as good as you're going to get, <laughs> you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe not exactly, but you know what I mean? Like you're, you can really get a good grasp on how the game works in just a few tries. And then really it's all about the nuances uh, beyond that. Because ultimately what you're trying to do is run all the way to your end of this long stage, this like multi-screen stage, which sounds like it would be easy. But when you're up against someone else that wants to kill you and go in their direction, it is not at all easy. It turns hectic in a hurry. <laughs> yeah, it's all it almost is like a DJ and I were talking about a little bit. It's, it has like a, almost like a fighting game yeah. kind of vibe to it. And, Definitely. But, but with that like kind of casual party element thrown in instead of like the frame by, you know, watching every animation frame, right. you know. To know exactly when to parry the attack, even though that is part of this game. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I was I was just a little bit put off and pleasantly surprised by uh, Nidhogg 2 uh, once I actually gave it a fair shake. Yeah, it's but, a uh, lot of fun. Do you have anything? Yeah, and this is from uh, Messhoff is the uh, developer. Or maybe it's Meshoff. I've never actually heard anybody pronounce it. Yeah. But I always, I always said Messhoff in my head, but now that I'm looking at it written down, maybe it's Meshoff. But uh, but anyways, do you have any thoughts to add to this one, DJ? I mean, I like any game that gives me as many options possible as I'd like. I mean, so the fact that we get to determine what weapons we start with, etc. Like, I I really appreciate little touches like that. Yeah, um, especially when it's like a competitive game. Like, I would love in if in Mario Kart, if you could just say turn off the blue shells when I'm playing. You know, like to, right. I would love those kind of settings to be an option. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, I mean, it just very similar gameplay wise to the first one, you know, plus a few new weapons. Um, and yeah, just just a little more polish, I guess. Like, yeah, yeah, I like what those new weapons added to the experience, though. It's a little bit rock, paper, scissors, where if you've got that broad sword, you can disarm somebody who's just got the regular, you know, fencing sword, just like, like knock very it out of easily. their hands. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is really cool. And yeah, then definitely. If you ahead, found yourself ahead. like without a weapon, you could turn around and try to like take them out, like take them down and smash on them and kill yeah. them without a weapon. Yeah, so. you're a totally formidable foe with <laughs> just your feet. I think typically you tend to kick. Yep. Yeah, I felt as an unarmed person, like I had a better chance in this one than in the original. But yeah, I would agree with that. And and the levels are again like you said, Randy. I'm glad you brought that up. But yeah, you're just kind of charging down. So like, 
there's a lot of occasions where like if the if your opponent outsmarts you, it's almost better to like run to the opposite end of the screen yes. and just let yourself respawn yes. back in your normal starting position to try to block the other player because you can't progress in your direction that you're trying to progress in until you have actually killed the other enemy like it's or killed your opponent. You right. can't like um it's they're not permanently dead, they just respawn, but until you are able to bring them down, you can't just you know, a lot of times I'll I'll make the mistake of like doing a dive kick and knocking somebody down, but not actually killing them and then starting <laughs> yep. to charge in the other direction and then realizing like, oh shit, it's too it's too late, you know? And then if you start chasing them down, it's like, okay, that I just wasted a whole screen worth of real estate trying to chase DJ down when I should have just ran off the screen in the opposite direction and respawn. So yeah. It definitely I don't know. It can get frantic and hectic, but it can also get to be like a standoff. Like DJ and I have had oh, some yeah. really long back and forth. Like you can see I on would, our Twitch. Yeah, <laughs> I would like 15, 20 minute long games. Like Oof. you know that maybe not quite that long, but oh yeah, but that long. a good at least ten minutes of back and forth. Just like this, who's gonna win? Now? Like you, you know, you start sweating. Uh, like, it's intense. This game definitely brings that like gripping the controller a little tighter and. I don't know. It's just a really fun game, really, even though I just said we had some longer matches, but it's a really quick, like, drop in, drop out, pass the controller around. Uh, perfect multiplayer game. So, oh, yeah, can't can't recommend this one enough as well, especially if you've not played the original. Um, and even if, like I said, even if the art's a little off putting to you, give it a chance, because it definitely warmed up to me. The more that I played, I, I kind of liked the world that they had built. Same here. Um, you know, the the rotating around the world map a la, you know, Donkey Kong Country or Crash Bandicoot. Um, I don't know. It, ju- it just had had a, it was very well designed, despite not being the way I would have personally designed it. I yeah, guess. I mean, the competitiveness in this game is so high that you almost don't even notice. It wouldn't matter what it looked like, exactly. you know. Yeah, it, it could look like anything. It could be just rectangles with a, a sword sticking out of it. And there would oh, be. Oh, yeah. If it played the same, it would be just as great of a game. So, yep. um, so yeah, unless anybody else had anything else to add to Nidhogg 2, I think we can probably wrap that up as well. It's recommended. Love it. Wrap <laughs> it up. <laughs> uh, well, real quick, to just add on to that real, uh, real quick, uh, John, DJ, and I were playing uh, a little bit more Blazing Beaks, which we talked about uh, last week on the podcast, which is another twin-stick, roguelike, shoot 'em up bullet hell i guess not bullet hell per no. se but but whatever you you know it's another one of those games um but we did play there's a tournament mode which is a multiplayer mode for up to four players and i think we mistakenly said in the previous podcast that you could play the regular game up to four players it we does did. appear that uh, you, can, <laughs> you can only play two no players only. when you're playing <laughs> when you're playing through the story mode or the campaign you can only play uh two players but uh, for tournament mode, you can play up to four players, which is basically just like a death match. Or th- there's a few different game modes, uh, one of which, you know, we played a couple of the standard ones and we were like, this is OK. It's kind of fun. And then we played a uh, I think it was just called spear mode. Yeah, or... then we played the best one. Yeah, go ahead. You, you elaborate. I've been talking too much. Uh, spear mode. So everyone just starts with a spear. And when you throw it, it sticks to the wall um, <laughs> that you throw it at and you have to retrieve it before you can you know fire another one yeah so um, similar to Towerfall, if anyone's ever played that except you okay. cannot stockpile like it's you can't say i already have my spear and if dj throws his and misses me i can't go collect his i can only have the one and if one of the players dies their spear disappears there's not like an extra one in the mix um so but yeah it really added a lot of 
you know, again, nothing crazy depth wise, but for a game that's already fun on the roguelike front and and that we were already having a good time with and I think gave the recommend, I think we both recommended it. Um, but to add that aspect to it as well and to just say, oh, here's a fun little multiplayer mode. Right. Little bonus um, that allows you to tweak how much HP you start with. How much, you know, again, it has a lot of different options to love options. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. just say it definitely just like I know we already recommended the game, but I think it's worth noting that there's a couple extra modes in that tournament mode that are, you know, can extend the value of that game even more. So very cool. Speaking to that, though, I did end up uh, completing the game. Um, But I did notice with Blazing Beaks, though, that, you know, after I beat it, I wasn't super compelled to go back and replay the story mode, actually. I mean, there are three different difficulty settings uh, you can set it to. But, uh, you know, I could see myself going back and playing on the hardest difficulty, but... You, you know, like, even though there's, you know, seven-ish different characters, I don't feel like the game plays too differently uh, between all those. I mean, they are, you know, very different in their stats, but in terms of how you play the game, it's still pretty much the same. Yeah, hmm. it's not like a full different build, uh, right. a la, like, Steradin, like we talked about earlier. Like, that yeah. is really going to shift the way you your wouldn't strategy approach. Yeah. enemies differently um and uh you know on the contrast uh, <laughs> there's uh you know i i did play more risk of rain since our last recording uh did beat that and with that Sheesh. i was you know on the dj is just unreal I it's can't, just a fucking no, i'm just machine. i'm very patient <laughs> you know dj i'm willing to go through all the deaths it takes <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I've beaten that game, I'd say with six different characters and they all have very different play styles and wow. I don't know, it's just very fun to, you know, mix it up in terms of the approach. Yeah, I agree. I, I with risk of rain and I don't, I don't have anywhere near the amount of characters that you've unlocked. I think I've unlocked four or five out of the 12 or so that there are. And and I mean, like, legitimately, it's to the point where, like, if they really focused on any one of these character designs, like, uh, of the ones I've played, I feel like you could really flesh out a full game based around each of these characters' mechanics. Yeah. Um, If they honed it in maybe a little bit tighter, because it, it is, wow. like, a little bit vague, but, like, you know, you have characters that have dodge rolls and, you know, that they're immune to attacks for a minute, or you have characters that are really defensive, or you have characters that set up turrets and and have like heat seeking missile attacks and just there's there's just a whole ton of variety between each character and again like i don't think any element of the game overly suits any one specific build or anything like right. that and and it doesn't that's cool it nothing particularly makes the game shine in any way or like there's no like one thing that all of a sudden i'm like oh this is what this game's all about but like the fact that you're able to experiment so much with all these different mechanics and all these different play styles and try to figure out how to like min max these runs and, and whatnot really, really is compelling to me about this game, even though it's not, you know, it's a, it's a 2d side scrolling platformer, but the platforming doesn't feel particularly great or it doesn't feel bad, but it just doesn't feel fluid and smooth. You know, it it, it doesn't do anything particularly amazing but it it just has so much variety and so much thought put into what it does that uh 
I don't know. I think I still find myself drawn to keep playing it. Yeah, and it's really about once you get to that point where you've accumulated so many items where you're just a powerhouse and you've got swarms of enemies coming at you and you're just laying waste to them. <laughs> and you've got all that gold coming in. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's like that very gratifying. Fantasy. Yeah, it's like that power fantasy. And oh, these, yeah. these are items that, again, I think we mentioned before, but it's unlike Dead Cells or unlike uh, Rogue Legacy, which I think we're going to talk about in a little bit here. Um, but it, it doesn't have that factor of like you're upgrading your overall skill tree. You're just kind of getting better at the game. I, I, I yeah, don't know you can unlock like, more items to be available to you in your run, but you but, but yourself as a character don't become more powerful. Yeah, it's interesting. The more you play. Yeah. And, you, and it's all about grabbing these items per run per se. Right. It's not like, oh, you got to get the blueprint for this to then it's more like you have to complete an achievement that will then make a new item available right. when you're playing runs of the game. And one um, thing it does that I appreciate is it lists how like what the achievement is instead of you kind of stumbling upon it. Like it kind of lists the ways to unlock even all for the, the characters. characters yeah. yeah. Unlike Enter the Gungeon, where you're just like, what the fuck? There's secret characters <laughs> you go in this on the game. Wiki. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm 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 kind of a big proponent for just uh, or a big supporter of just saying if it's a roguelike game and I'm hitting a wall or just not getting it. Just look up the wiki because oh, it yeah. will steer you in the right direction. I mean, as soon as I kind of get a vague idea of what I'm looking for or, or get an answer, like I don't keep looking. I don't want to know everything about it because that is sometimes part of the fun of these games is poking at them and seeing what happens when you're like, oh, what was that? That thing kind of looked shiny there for a second. Maybe if I fall down this pit like in Moonlighter, you know, like every now and then you see a little sparkle in a pit and you're like huh what's that all about and you'll jump down there and there's like a little secret down there so oh, like stuff cool. like that is definitely the what makes these games compelling to keep coming back to because you keep doing kind of the same thing over and over again but it'll still subvert your expectations every once in a while um and that's something that i find really compelling with a lot of these games um and risk of rain just having so much variety in the play style is just uh, yeah i i don't i feel like i got kind of sidetracked there but I really am enjoying this game and probably I don't know if I'll ever beat it, but I'm definitely going to continue to play it. So, yeah, it's weird. I think we, for whatever reason, didn't have the best first experience with it. Yeah, I really bounced off. Yeah. But yeah, like I'm excited for the second one now. Yeah, Risk of Rain 2 looks really cool and really different as well. So definitely curious to see how the same general gameplay loop applies to a third person shooter. So. Definitely curious to see what that's all about, but and, uh, and definitely excited to uh, get Deadbolt, the other game that they made. Yeah, Hopu or Hapu games, Hapu games is how yeah. you was that before uh, Risk of Rain or was that it was after? I th- oh. I actually don't know. Okay, let me. I can't just say definitively. Guess. DJ can look it up <laughs> uh, in the meantime, but uh, I guess uh, yeah, right. You you have not played any, right, Randy? No, but I'm I'm kind of curious from DJ. You said you beat it six times. What's the average run on on beating Risk of Rain for you? Like time time wise? Yeah. Oh God. Uh, like an hour. Oh, that's not oh bad. really that long? Okay, that I, I, that was just not that bad, but longer than I expected based on the runs I've done. Yeah, I mean, I get to the point where I just you know even though the game gets more difficult the more that time goes on, I right. do find myself wanting to still get all those items right. that I can in a level, even if it takes more time. Yep, I'm yeah. one of those types too. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's how like I play clean, Dead Cells. Clean the level out. Yeah, yep. clean the level out before. Yeah, speaking of Dead Cells, they got that new update. So maybe we'll, uh, that Rise of the Giants update. So right. we should we should maybe touch on that one uh, next week. I, I haven't had time to check that out yet, but. I do want to do want to see what that's all about, because I think they added a few new levels, a couple new bosses or nice. at least one new boss. Uh, so, and yeah, it's just some new gameplay balances and tweaks and whatnot. I'm down um, to play more of that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I know we briefly touched on it real quick uh, uh, or not real quick, but we briefly mentioned Rogue Legacy, Rogue Legacy, um, which I have been putting some time into recently uh, when DJ John and I were hanging out the other day. Um, and after we finished playing some Nidhogg, DJ had to get going and, uh, John hung out for a little bit and he is a big fan of Rogue Legacy. Like he played it a bunch on Steam. He rebought it on the Switch. He's put in another 15 or 20 hours in on the Switch. Man. Um, and he's just, he was just like, I have to, I have to play this game again. So, um, and he and I are not always like, you know, lockstep or in, in perfect sync as far as interest goes, but, uh, you know, my ears perk up whenever anybody mentions whenever anybody mentions a roguelike that they are enjoying. Um, and so, yeah, I, I figured I'd give this one a try. I had an Amazon. Uh, I had some Amazon points that I cashed in for an eShop card. Nice. And uh, yeah, I've been enjoying myself. I, I think this game has a unique, you know, a lot of these roguelikes give you different character builds or different different characters in general that you can choose from or different item uh, you know, skill tree paths or different items that give you different abilities. And uh, one of the things that's cool about Rogue Legacy is that every time you die, you start as a new, you know, the next successor in the uh, family, tr- you know, the line on the family tree. And uh, you pick between one of three characters that have any number of classes or abilities uh, that you continue to unlock as the game goes on and upgrade. Um, and it does get a little bit dead cellsy in that way that you like you pretty much have to put in some time and and gather up some gold and oh, buy yeah. upgrades and before you can really get going in the game and get some of like the double jump and the dash yep and uh, and some of the abilities that you end up needing to really you know fully experience the what the game's mechanics have to offer and this is like a rogue like you know not too far off from uh from dead cells but like a Metroidvania castlevania inspired kind of thing is that yeah. a, is that a good way to describe yeah. it yeah yeah because there's backtracking involved potentially yeah not necessarily like upgrade paths per se but there, you'll definitely get to a room where like okay i can't clearly can't get this item without the dash or right. without a double jump um but yeah i, I don't know i i was a little I, I don't know i've heard a lot of great things about this game the art style never fully pulled me in but eventually yeah. just kind of had heard enough good things about it from enough people that I tend to agree with what they tend to like that I uh decided to pull the trigger and I've been having a good time so far I've put about 3 hours in and and find myself even though I I wouldn't give it a glowing endorsement at this point I do find myself on a regular basis when I fire up my switch looking at it and, and looking at the thumbnail and eventually you know between that or Horizon Chase Turbo I'm I'm pretty much alternating between those two games Nice. as uh what i've been picking up and, and playing for now but uh randy you've put in some time into this game as well yeah yeah i played a ton of this when it came out on ps3 yeah, keep in mind this is this is an older the, game yeah it's an older game 2013 so it's it's one of the first ones in this kind of modern era of these side-scrolling roguelikes that we now have just a gajillion of which we yeah. love and <laughs> our pursuing pursuing roguelikes podcast here <laughs> uh, but this was yeah this is one of the first ones that i was like oh 
oh, I really like this type of gameplay. Um, so I put a ton of time in it at that time. And I do, I'm a sucker for the the skill tree stuff, even though that is kind of iterative, right? And it's, it's kind of a conceit where the first few times you play this game, you're not going to beat it. That's just not how this works. Like Kevin nah, mentioned, you wait have till to DJ, wait stuff. till DJ plays it. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I you can't all be completely. DJ. <laughs> yeah. Don't embarrass me. You guys. <laughs> Next week, DJ says he beat it. Uh, yeah, I, d- I do plan on getting this. <laughs> yeah, it's he was already like, I think I'm going to buy this game. It's uh, fun. It's it's like it's a little bit simpler, but that's totally fine. I, I actually had an excuse to hook my PS3 back up, and I was like, yeah, let me try out Rogue Legacy because I saw Kevin was playing on Switch, and I sat there and played it for another just 20 minutes for a run. I'm like, oh yeah, this game is still a lot of fun. Just has a really fun, simple gameplay loop of hidden enemy coins pop out. Out, collect the coins save the coins for for later for buying upgrade paths or whatever else and rinse and repeat yeah yeah so it always feels like uh you know again like i said at the very beginning of the game it feels like you're just kind of playing these sacrificial runs yeah that are just in the sense of like i just need to collect some coins but like as you go on it's kind of like a, I don't know it's just got a nice balance of like even when you fuck up a run you don't necessarily want to break your controller because you're like, well, all right, I collected 1500 gold or 800 gold. I can maybe upgrade that path or get that new item that I was looking for, or that new sword. Yep. Um. So, yeah, it has enough. And and I do like the variety of like, again, I, I think I sort of started uh, forming this thought and never finished it. But like, I like the idea of like, instead of, you know, like in something like Enter the Gungeon, where you're going to pick your character that has this build. um that you you know you're going to pick the pilot and you know the perks the pros and cons of that character every right. time going in and you do know the pros and cons of the character you're selecting in uh in Rogue Legacy but you you can't really fall into the trap of like I want to be the paladin every time right because you only get to pick from one of three options that yep. are sometimes going to be you know there's all kinds of crazy traits like you're colorblind and you the game plays in like a sepia tone or yep. you're nostalgic or and it's same deal or uh or you're, you know, skinny and you go flying when you take a hit from an enemy or you're a heavier character and you don't, you know, you don't take you don't take any knockback when you take damage or you don't have any foot pulse. So when you step on these spike traps, nothing happens. Oh, that's cool. Uh, there's there's all kinds of crazy, you know, you have dyslexia and you can't everything, you know, is all ju- all the text is jumbled up. So there's all uh. kinds of crazy some things that don't really affect the gameplay at all and are just kind of there to be silly. Yeah. Uh, some things that are there to, you know, totally subvert the way you're playing. But I, but I, regardless, I like the fact that it just kind of forces you into experimenting. Uh, because I, I kind of think that's what these roguelike games are all about is experimentation with either different weapons or different characters. And this game kind of, kind of makes you do that, uh, with the character selection structure. And I do like that it keeps track of every previous character you've selected. Yeah. So you can kind of, move to the left on the family tree and just kind of see, okay, where, what are all the characters I've played as? It's just, it's kind of interesting. So it it embraces the random level design aspect of things too. Like you'll start out in the same themed area, like the, the, the backdrop will look similar, but the actual level design will be different, which is cool. Right. And you can, you can unlock like an architect that you can pay uh, after a run to say, hey, I'd like the castle to actually be the same as last time. Right. 
Um, if you know, hey, I got a ton of gold on that last run, like I know exactly where to go if I want to get that next upgrade or what, you know, whatever reason. So there's all kinds of different uh, things that you can spend your money on. Um, and yeah, I've just been having a good time with this game and continue to uh, plan on continuing to chip away at it. Uh, yeah. Again, I don't know that I'll ever beat it, but I do know that I will continue to play it. Yeah, it's fun. It's straightforward. It's got kind of its own just innocent, simple vibe. And yeah, I like it. It's fun. Yeah, it could use some it could use some improvements like, uh, you know, for example, we've been playing we played Hollow Knight last week. Uh, and that's something that like, you know, you can f- use the right stick to kind of not move the camera around freely. But, you know, if you're going to take a long drop, you can hold down down on the right stick and see what's below you. And this game could really use some features like that. Yeah. Um, to just kind of see what you're getting into. But but other than that, I mean, it's a it's a well done game that it just has a lot of charm. It's not perfect, but uh, but yeah, I'm I'm finding myself drawn to it time and time again. So I, I feel like I've just barely played it, but I looked at the time on my Switch today and I've played three hours already. So that's a good sign. Yeah. So possibly touch on this one in the future, but for yeah, I mean, now, just I, enjoying it. I plan on getting it. I'm not crazy about the fact that um, you have to kind of fail before you can succeed. Yeah. Right? Like, like, I know in a lot of games, you know, you kind of do, but this one, it's almost like mandated. Like, you need to get this upgrade or yada yada it's like the it's all like i said before it's like those sacrificial runs of just like i'm just getting coins you know i'm not trying to beat bosses i'm not trying to beat the game that isn't even on my to-do list right now you know i'm just trying to get more powerful so that beating the game becomes an option um which is a little bit of a disappointment when there is stuff like cave blazers or other games in this you know vague genre that allow you to kind of, you know, there is that randomness per run, but it's not all about like building your character up from scratch. Yeah. Uh, with things that, just from playing the game, you know, it, like it almost like has a little bit of that, like some of these games have a little bit of that, like free to play model to a degree. You know, it's like really like you just got to keep playing to be powerful enough to beat the game. Right. So uh, it's a little bit disappointing that that element is here a little bit in this game. But I'm kind of thinking like now that I've got a double jump and a dash alone, I already feel like such a more powerful and versatile character. Um, And that applies to all classes and everything. So um, anything that you do on the main upgrade path is, you know, permanent. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm finding myself really enjoying this game. So uh, not that you needed me to recommend it. I feel like this game has been on everyone's radar if you're into these sort of things for quite a while. Oh, yeah. But uh, if it somehow slipped through the cracks or maybe you didn't have a a console or a a means of playing it before and you have the means of playing it now, I I definitely recommend checking it out. Yeah. Hoping it's still on sale on the PlayStation Store. Yeah. As of this recording or last time we checked it, I think it was like five or six bucks. So I feel like it goes on sale pretty often. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely worth checking out. And that one's from uh, Cellar Door Games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, at least for me, that's all I had to talk about this week. DJ, did you want to talk about uh, four sided fantasy at all? Sure. While we're on the topic of games on sale. Yeah. Um, games on sale and 2D platformers to have a cheap sort of segue. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, four sided fantasy is a puzzle platformer. Um, was on sale at the time of this recording for two dollars on the playstation store 
uh, discounted from the original $10. But the main gimmick of this game is uh, at any point you can, you know, I'm playing on PlayStation, so you can hold down the R2 button, and if you were to run all the way off screen to the left, you would reappear on the right, kind of like ah. Pac-Man style, like that donut. The looping of the screen yeah, or whatever. Or Kid Icarus yeah, yeah. or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they set up a bunch of platforming puzzles based around that gimmick. Like, the very first puzzle is you're walking right, and you encounter a wall that is too high to jump over. You can't over. jump over it, yeah. yeah. so you have to, you know, hold that ability down, go to the left, uh, and then appear back on the right side of the wall, release the button to go back to normal mode and keep on going. Oh, that's cool. Um, and you're actually playing as two different characters. And so when one character, uh, when you're using that ability, goes off the screen, it's the other character ah. that reappears. Do they have different Whoa. abilities, the different characters, or are they virtually the same control-wise? Or? At the beginning, they're the same. It's a... It's a girl in a red shirt a boy in a blue shirt um but later sexist this i know <laughs> <laughs> lady in red oh boy <laughs> um but later on what'll happen is uh they'll set up the levels so that uh one character you know has gravity as you would expect the other character they have gravity in the opposite direction um, so you'll kind of have to know how each character is configured when you're trying to switch between them so you can you know, best go through the puzzle. Um, another example is one character uh, will always exist in the foreground, one will exist in the background, so there's almost like two different levels kind of happening at the same time. Um, so I think they do a really good job of, you know, using this ability and putting you in different scenarios to manipulate uh manipulate manipulate your way through um but i think what i found really nice about this and this <laughs> this might sound bad is like it was only like a two hour game and oh, that's not bad to me that sounds no, that's, amazing that's awesome me. yeah i don't, <laughs> don't want to make it sound like uh good thing i didn't have to play any more of this but like it it left me kind of wanting more, but nice. appreciating what I had. Nice. Yeah. I'd always rather leave a game feeling like I want to play more oh, than, yeah. you know, not than feeling like, oh, I got to push through the ending. You know, for example, like Hollow Knight, like we talked about a couple weeks ago. Was that last week? Last week. Um, But Hollow Knight, you know, I'm still having a good time with it. I'm like 12 hours in, but I'm like, I, I hear people saying this game's like 30, 40, 50 <laughs> hours. And I'm just like, I don't know that I'm going to be compelled to push through another 20 hours. So like if I, if I knew I only had a couple more hours to go, not, not to say that that's the way this game should be, that, that that's the way that hollow Knight should be. But for a game like this, especially of the puzzle platforming variety. And like, if you, if you're running out of ideas, yep. Don't force a bunch of bullshit ideas into the game, right, just end the game, fluff. Yep. you know, and put it on sale for two bucks so that yep. I can play it and be like, Hey, I, I wish this game was longer or I'm curious to see what, this team does next or something like that you know yeah i mean i don't know if i could recommend this without the discount you know like although 10 bucks is not terrible no. i mean for 
you know, you'd spend. But you got to compare it against what else? What other games right. you get for ten dollars? And right, you know. but you could go see a shitty movie for right. ten bucks at the movie theater if right. you wanted to for fifteen bucks easily. You know, so and spend two hours of your life. So Fair yes, enough. it could could be. You could spend your money in worse ways, but I agree for two dollars from uh, DJ showed me the. Tr- oh, sorry, bumped the microphone there, but uh, DJ showed me the trailer for this game and and definitely was instantly just like, oh, this looks pretty cool. Nice. So um, I haven't played it myself, but definitely looks like you know if they if they're able to kind of just take that core gameplay mechanic and subvert it in enough ways to make it interesting, I'm into it. Yeah. So. Um, how do the mechanics experience. feel as far as the platforming goes? Is it like, is the is the platforming precise in any way? Like, are you feeling like no. you're really making some tight jumps, or is it more? It's more about more figuring puzzle. out how to situate everything. Okay, because in the trailer we watch, it does like it looks pretty fast paced because obviously they're taking clips of people that are just smoothly solving these puzzles. But and it doesn't look like again not to always make this comparison. It doesn't look anywhere near like Super Meat Boy levels of precision platforming but it looked like it had a little bit of that element in the trailer so you're saying there's not really much of that it's no. more about using your brain to yes. to navigate the yeah the to kind of like set up you know the the platforms i guess yeah in, no, i mean in, that's honestly again more yeah. more appealing to me because like i not that that's a bad thing to have a game that would try to capitalize on both of the like twitchy platforming and puzzle platforming but uh i kind of like when they just focus like sometimes when I want to play a puzzle platformer, I just want to kind of relax and, yeah. and not not exercise those like the dexterity that it takes to play a game like Celeste or like Super Meat Boy and just kind of like, hey, I want to play a platformer, but I don't want to be on the edge of my seat. I just want to like lay on the couch and passively play this game. So this kind of sounds like the ideal thing for that sort of scenario. Yeah, I mean, like the most the most frantic it would ever get and I use that term loosely <laughs> is like, you know, if, if you were able to fall through the bottom part of the screen, reappear through the top and use that as a means of, uh, raising an elevation and just doing that multiple times in a row. Okay. Um, that's like the most, you know, uh, twitchy timing yeah, yeah, based yeah. it gets. Yeah. Okay. Um, but no, overall, it's a very chill game. Nice. Okay. Sounds more in the vein of puzzle platformers like Braid or Limbo or Fez, one of those types. It was yeah. compared to Braid in the trailer. So. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. There you go. Braid for idiots. No. <laughs> <laughs> God, I haven't played Braid in so long, but I really love that game. I Braid's maybe good we'll go stuff. back to that at some point. Yeah. Um. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, that that uh, kind of wraps up what I've been playing this week and dipping my toes into. Uh, what about you guys? I think that wraps up. Yeah, what I've been doing as well. It's a lot of video okay. games. Yeah, a lot of video games this week. Uh, so uh, so anyways, usually every week we uh, we talk about what game we're going to end up getting around to playing next week, whether it's something in our backlog or something that we want to revisit. Um, and for me, this is going to be something that's in my personal backlog and uh, something that Randy and uh, and DJ have played a little bit of uh, and possibly even completed. But uh, I, I've never been a huge fan of the uh, games in this series. And uh, I, to just get to the point, we're going to play uh, some Sonic Mania Plus. Oh, yeah. Um, or is it just Sonic Mania? I don't know. Oh, the it's plus between now, plus and, and Mania. I, I own Sonic Mania Plus. I don't know if the version that's free on PlayStation it's, it's plus. plus yeah, it's got to be PlayStation Plus, Sonic it's Mania plus. plus. 
Um, but yeah, so this this game's free currently or for the month of uh, for the month of June on PlayStation Plus. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, I've never been a huge fan. You know, I grew up with Nintendo consoles. Um, just really like the feel of the physics and platforming in Mario games, uh, particularly Mario 3 and Super Mario World. Um, but the Sonic games, you know, they 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 do a good job of capturing that sense of speed for me. But I've never fully nailed the level design, and and everything I've heard about Sonic Mania is the exact opposite of that. And it sounds like that potentially for me, I, you know, I'm kind of holding out hope that this is going to be the game that finally pulls me into the series. You know, it's made by made by a couple of folks who are, I think, a bigger team, but particularly by a, a gentleman named Christian Whitehead, yep. who was a big time. Uh, he would make like Sonic, I don't know, mods or maybe you know yeah. a little bit more about this, Randall, but he would make levels and mods and stuff for previous games and whatnot. And uh, pretty cool that Sega re- either reached out to him, maybe he reached out to them, I don't really know, but pretty cool that they ended up just saying, hey, you know what? This guy knows how to make Sonic levels, yeah. you know, and we haven't made a good Sonic game in 15 to 20 years. Yeah. So um, whether you're a fan or not, it seems like even Sonic fans would be willing to admit that there really hasn't been a great Sonic game in a really long time. So uh, up, up until Sonic Mania. Right. So um, I'm really curious to dip my toes into this and see if there's enough of like a modern polish, uh, you know, lent to this franchise that, to me could really use it, you know, stuff like uh even Super Mario World, which I've just noticed recently, but uh as you're playing the game, you know, you can hold down the right trigger or the left trigger on the uh controller uh or the shoulder button and have the screen scroll to the right and you can have it hold there. Oh, scroll yeah. to the left and have it hold there. And uh and that's something that a Sonic game would really, really benefit from. So I'm hoping that they they take some advantage of the widescreen uh capabilities of these new consoles and and you know allow you to kind of see what's coming as opposed to just having to react or or in all reality just kind of memorize the levels so right um i know you guys both have not necessarily gushed about this game but have given it some solid endorsements so i'm excited to dip my toes in i don't know if you guys are looking forward to just getting back to it and revisiting but I'm psyched any, to play it any again. Any thoughts before dipping back in? Yeah, I, I'm I'm Pumped. looking for an excuse to play it again. So this is going to be great. And you can play as Knuckles or Tails or, you know, whoever that way. Yeah, it's, I was just so. going to say there's some different characters you were mentioning before, right? So yep, that definitely if they have different gameplay mechanics again. I hear this game's a roguelike, so. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the most a lot important of risk thing to talk reward. about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is a risk-reward roguelike. Correct. Um. Yeah, there you go. That's the title of the episode. Risk of rewards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just shoot me in the head now. I think it's really rewarding when there's a lot of risk involved. And you can kind of overcome that, yeah. But you just have to balance. Yeah. The mania. Uh, God. God. <laughs> Just kill me anyways he's the host um, everybody <laughs> co-host co-host but uh but anyways yeah unless you guys have anything else to talk about i think uh i'm feeling pretty comfortable uh, comfortable wrapping it up this week and uh looking forward to playing some sonic mania plus next week yes sir i think we all and you two in particular did a great job this week. <laughs> yeah dj was a little quiet over there but hopefully uh I didn't want to ruin it, you know? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> DJ. Uh, well, anyways, uh, I think we, we can pretty much wrap it up here. 
Uh, thanks for listening. This has been Pursuing Pixels, and my name is Kevin Portelli. Randall Nori. Ah, oh, God, oh. see, this is why I don't talk. <laughs> <laughs> His name is D- DJ Mandolini, the non-talk. God, <laughs> fuck me. D- DJ, introduce yourself. Say goodbye. Say goodbye. Bye. I'm DJ. Goodbye. Randall, say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. I'm Randall. <laughs> Take goodbye. <laughs> Take care, everybody. Have a good weekend or week. Or life. <laughs> Have a good life. <laughs> Have a good life and fuck off. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, we'll edit that out. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs>